Welcome to Where To Next, a podcast for the driven woman who's been there, done that, and wants to be intentional about what's next. Each week, I'll teach you how to get where you want to go next while focusing on what's working and what's lighting you up. You'll learn to connect and leverage your intuition, acknowledge doubt when it pops up, and have the skills and confidence to keep going. You'll create your next steps with new mindset tools and crystallized wisdom, all while doing life your way and not someone else's, and realizing it's way easier than you ever imagined. Because, my love, living life this way, your way, means the best is yet to come. You are made for this. Thanks so much for being here. Let's dive in. Today's podcast is about journaling, and it is one of my favorite topics because it's a tool that is accessible to all of us, and it really works when it comes to getting to know yourself, figuring out what's going on inside your brain. And a lot of times when we set out to make a change, we get stuck or we get tripped up. And when you're journaling, you can figure out why. So whether you've got a journaling practice that you've been married to or in love with for the past however long, or you've never journaled, or you've tried to journal, or maybe you just want to zhuzh up your practice, this episode is for you. I promise there's something delicious and nugget-worthy inside. Here's what journaling is not. It's not a diary or an account moment by moment of what you did over the course of a day. We did that when we were 9 or 10 or maybe 12 or 13. It was likely a regurgitation, a rehash of who you saw, what you wore, maybe if you saw a cute boy, whatever. It served its purpose then, but for now, we're looking to go deeper. That was a one-dimensional account. We want to get to know ourselves on a deeper level. Journaling is also not a to-do list. There are no to-do lists in my journal. Occasionally when I'm journaling, I will come up with an idea or, oh my gosh, I have to call that person and I'll kind of write it in the corner. But journaling is not a to-do list. We have a separate area for that. Journaling is a way to get to know yourself so you can understand you better. A lot of times when we're working with a therapist or we're working with a coach, we're there once a week for our 45 or 50 minutes And then we leave and life resumes, often at a very hectic pace if your life is anything like mine. But when you journal and you have this touchstone on a daily basis, it allows for you to have this time with yourself to really go deep or not deep, you don't have to, but to really get to listen to yourselves. Journaling helps you reflect on something that's going on in your life, or even just what happened yesterday. We'll talk about it though, because remember, it's not a diary. It allows you to assess and it allows you to change and grow. And we do this from a place of love, a place of desire, not because we're broken or because there's anything wrong with us, because we are never broken. So what is journaling and why do we journal? I'm so glad you asked. We journal, or why I journal, is so I can see my thoughts. I know my thoughts create my feelings, my feelings create my actions, and my actions create my results. So when I'm thinking about the mind and all of the thoughts that are in my mind, scientists have estimated there are 
anywhere from 35,000 to 60,000 thoughts that run through our mind on any given day. It's no wonder we're stressed and overwhelmed or we sometimes feel stuck because 90%, some people even think it's higher, it's like 95 to 98% of those thoughts are not only subconscious, but then the ones we are aware of, they're on repeat, which means we think the same thoughts day in and day out. And when you journal about them, you can capture them, you can see them, and you can understand what you're thinking and why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Why else do I journal? Because when I learn about myself, I understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Journaling gives me this sort of insight into how I'm living my life and how I handle certain situations. And then I can look at them and say, hmm, how do I want to do this next time? Journaling also allows me to see on paper my growth and my shifts. So what I do once a week is I go back. I'll tell you more about my process in a minute. But I capture my big wins for the week and I can go back every Friday and say, oh yeah, wow, that's what was happening. You're right, I did that. And if we're not taking inventory that way and not marking our successes, we forget how far we've come. We forget when we change a brain pattern, when we show up differently. We forget those moments and we don't want to because we want to capitalize on our success and say, oh yeah, I changed here, I grew here, and I know I can continue to do it. Or if there's something else that's coming up, oh yeah, I did it over here, I know I can keep going. Journaling simply is my most important and most valuable self-care tool because for all of the reasons I just listed, I can see it, it's concrete, I carry it, when I'm writing, I love, I love the act of writing. I love the ritual of opening my journal. I love opening a brand new journal. I will put a link in the show notes to what my favorite journal is, but of course anything will do. I can't go on enough. I could gush about journaling all the time. <laughs> Why is this invaluable? As I mentioned, it's a living, breathing document of what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking. There simply is no other way to capture what's going on in my head, in my mind, or on my heart. Those are two very different places. We don't remember, we can't objectively see what we're experiencing or quantify what goes on in our brain unless we can actually see it on paper. I can see and track my healing and my heartaches and my progresses. I know the thoughts that are on my mind that are causing me to be in sticky situations. It's like when I can see if I'm having a moment, right? If I'm particularly stressed or if I'm kind of, you know, bumping up against the same situation over and over again, I can go back and read through that and start to, un, you know, if you have a ball of string, you can kind of unfurl that or work out the puzzle pieces. Oh yes, this is where I get tripped up. Same, same, if I'm stressed out, I can trace it back. Oftentimes when we're stressed, the thing that we think we're stressed about is really just the straw that broke the camel's back. So in those particular situations, you can do a brain dump and I will talk more about that. But basically you get all of your ideas out on paper 
And you will find probably somewhere toward the middle or even the end of the writing that the real thing that was stressing you out probably wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. I know what I'm proud of and what I'm celebrating and where I'm winning in life. And we have to, we've got to capture those wins because our brain is hardwired to look for where we're losing. Our brain wants us to stay safe and our brain wants us to avoid pain and avoid taking risks because it perceives risks as being dangerous. When I actively make steps toward a goal or I take a courageous risk or I take a leap, I'm able to begin to rewire that fear part of my brain. A lot of people call it your monkey brain or your habit brain, but it's your amygdala. And you can override that and say, yeah, I know this could be potentially dangerous. And look, I'm not you know, in a cage with a lion, but taking an emotional risk or doing something that feels, oh my gosh, something new, like I've never done this before. I get to tell my brain, yeah, no, I can do this and I can survive and I can thrive. I can see my ahas throughout the day, often if I'm walking or whatever I'm doing, sometimes I'll have a moment and it's kind of like, you know, Oprah talked about her ahas. Maybe it's an epiphany or you finally click two pieces of a puzzle together. That is something that I journal on because all of a sudden, the snow globe stops and you can see things in a different way before. The other reason why journaling is invaluable is because it allows for reflection. If you're anything like me, your day from the minute you get up until the minute you go to bed is full. And I wouldn't want it any other way, but reflection for me doesn't happen at the end of the day. I have all I can do to get myself into bed because often I'm falling asleep on the couch. But it happens for me the next morning. That's when I do my journaling, when I have my cup of coffee. And so I can sit there quietly for a few minutes and think back to what happened the day before, what transpired, what were the highs, what were the lows, what am I proud of? And that's what reflection is all about. Now, if you have a journaling process that you love, great. <laughs> and if you don't, or like I said, you're wanting to dip your toe in, I have a couple of ideas. The first is to keep it simple. You know that the KISS rule, the rule of KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, silly, okay? Allow yourself five minutes. This does not need to be a 30-minute creative writing project that you embarked upon when you were in ninth grade. No, we don't have time for that. Five minutes, you can get a lot out on paper. It Definitely helps to have a set time of day, whether it's in the morning or the evening, or maybe it's at lunch. Ideally, it's someplace quiet, and ideally, you anchor it to something else that is already part of your routine. That is why I do it when I'm having my coffee, because that is just what I do. But maybe you have a mid-morning cup of tea every day, or maybe at night after you do your skincare routine or something, you, you know, you sit there and you meditate. That would be a great time to, to journal as well. Start with a blank journal. It doesn't have to be a blank journal. It could be anything. And here's another reason why I love journaling so much is because it can be a piece of paper that's hanging out in the bottom of your handbag. There are many times where I will journal in the morning and then later that day I'm out and about or I'm sitting waiting to pick up one of my children at an activity and I have five minutes and an idea pops into my brain or I want to capture this insight, 
I sometimes carry a really tiny notebook in my handbag. If not, I always have paper in the car and I just write. I like pen and paper. It can be done typing. There's a lot of science out there about writing with paper and pen. And it's been proven to strengthen the encoding processes in your brain, meaning you remember better, your cognition is improved. And when you're writing, you're using different motor skills than when you're just typing. It takes a lot longer to write a letter A than it does to tap a letter A on a keyboard. So those motor skills combined with touch, you know, you're holding this pen, you're gripping it, you're, you know, you can feel the paper and the visual perception actually boosts and reinforces your learning process. So for those of you who are note takers and the way you studied in college was to just kind of keep rewriting your notes over and over again, that's what was happening. I mentioned earlier about a brain dump. This is another tactic to begin or something else that you can do with your journal is just free thinking. Close your eyes. I like to close my eyes sometimes, um, although that kind of gets funny to look at my writing, but you just brain dump. You just kind of take a couple deep breaths and you imagine yourself opening up your brain and start writing all of the thoughts, everything that's on your brain, and you'll be surprised at what comes out. A lot of times when we start this process or we're new to this process, We'll say, well, nothing's coming, nothing's coming. Well, yeah, nothing's coming because your brain and your body is doing something new. And like anything, the first time you do it, the first few times you do it, it feels a little weird. It feels uncomfortable and your body doesn't know what to do. That's okay. You just sit there. And if for the first week you just sit there and nothing comes for five minutes, well then nothing comes for five minutes, but eventually something will come. Now, the other thing that you can do is you can ask, you can say, okay, higher self, I want to dump out my brain, help me. And when you throw something like that up to the universe, the universe can't help, but not respond. Get ready to write, get ready for a hand cramp. It's so good when you see what you've been carrying around, what's upstairs. I always tell people, and you can relate to this, you know when you've had a really, really, really good cry, or not even a cry, but you just, you just need to talk to someone and kind of get everything out, don't you feel a sense of relief? Don't you feel lighter in your chest? Or, whew, my gosh, you just kind of, wow, I, I can't believe all that was inside of me. It's the same thing with a brain dump. You will automatically feel a sense of pride, accomplishment, relief, release. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely incredible. After you brain dump, I want you to go back and read it. I want you to sit there for a second and I want you to acknowledge what you just did. And then I want you to go back and read it and see how you feel reading those words again. My sense is, because I've done this before, you may start to feel a little, if you're stressed or sad, whatever, you might just start to feel a little bit of that. But what I want you to remind yourself when you go back and do a brain dump is, wait, these are just words on a paper. These are just thoughts. My thoughts are not 
who I am. And this is really important. We think that whatever we're thinking in our head is who we are, but not. That is absolutely not true. Oftentimes our thoughts are a product of our environment. And when you get really into this process and doing thought work and exploring what your brain throws out there, you'll realize that, wow, so many of these thoughts are optional and I don't even believe them. I don't want to believe them, but that's a discussion for another day. But I do want you to go back in and I want you to read it. And I want you to find a thought that is interesting to you that, wow, maybe you didn't know you had, or you were surprised to see they're on the paper. And I want you to sit with it for a second. And I want you to ask yourself, this is, you know, for some advanced learning, is this true? Is this thought true? Do I want to continue believing it? And is it serving me? And that's how you really leverage the thoughts when you do a brain dump that come out of your head, because you can change any of your thoughts at any moment in time. You can see where words on a piece of paper are perhaps keeping you stuck or creating certain feelings. So here's another example. The words that come out of your head, right, are the words that you've chosen at that moment. And most of the time, they're the words that we're using day in and day out. But words have, of course, meaning, but words conjure up images and feelings. So take the word struggle. It's a common word today, right? Oh, I'm struggling. Oh, I'm struggling. When my kids say that, and even when I say that, I stop us immediately because struggle sounds so, it sounds like you're in a I don't know. It sounds like you're in one of those straight jackets, right? And you're just, you can't get out and you just want to. Oh my gosh. It sounds absolutely painful and torturous. So whenever I hear that word, I'll say, wait a second. Is there another way that we can reframe that word? Maybe it's a bumpy patch or you're having a moment or this is a few seconds that are tearful, whatever it is. You can see how that would change the context of maybe your day instead of saying, gosh, I'm really struggling today. Huh? I'm having a rough moment. Here's another few ideas for the beginning journalers, or if you even just want to pep things up a little bit. What I do every day is I start by citing my biggest win. I call this that my MBW. What was my biggest win from the day before? Maybe I made a phone call to the person who I had been putting off talking to for whatever reason for the past two days. Maybe I made a bold and audacious ask. Maybe I recorded two podcasts and I'm particularly proud of myself. Maybe I was super calm, cool, and collected when my kids were not. Whatever your big win is, at least one. Sometimes I have two, three, or four. And that's fine. This isn't a project where a teacher's going to grade you. More is not better. Doing what you can with what you've got for the moment you're in is all we're striving for. So that's the first section. The next section is my grateful section or my gratitude. Now, you know by now there is a lot of data out there about the benefits of gratitude. It increases our happiness and our positive moods. There's more satisfaction in life. We're less likely to experience burnout, which is a real thing. We have better sleep, 
better overall physical health. We're not as tired. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. So often, remember what I was talking about with the brain, how the brain defaults to looking for the negative. When we start our journaling with things like my biggest win and what am I grateful for, the other thing that we're doing is we're calming our brain, we're turning on our parasympathetic nervous system. We are so heightened and we're so stressed and we're constantly on alert these days. Again, our brain is always scanning for what could go wrong and what needs to be fixed and what's broken. But when we start with a positive, when we start with something we're celebrating, when we start with what we're grateful for, we calm our nervous system down and we begin to tell our nervous system, it's okay, we're safe. And you start to train your brain and train yourself to look for the good, to look for the positive. A lot of times people will say, how do I become such a positive person? You have to train yourself. You have to teach yourself to look through the lens of what's working in my life. What am I celebrating today? What am I grateful for? So, okay, you've got your big win. You've got your grateful. And then the last thing I do is I list three things that I like about myself. I get a lot of pushback on this topic a lot this section because people will say, well, I don't like anything about myself. And I will say, that's a problem. We're going to learn. Okay. For a variety of reasons, I'm sure you can figure it out and you're smart and you're intelligent, but three things that you like about yourself. It could be you are a great joke teller, whatever it is, you know what you like about yourself. And the key here is to have different things every day. It's the same with your gratitude list. I challenge you to have three things in each area and make sure they're different for a week. If at the end of a week you want to start over and you want to repeat those things, either way, it's fine. But what this does is it gets you looking for things you like about yourself. Because if you're not liking yourself so much, then, well, no wonder why you might be sabotaging yourself or we could go on. But we want to build some self-love here. Another approach is to think about a moment in your life or a situation and assess it from the lens of what's working, what didn't work, and what can I do differently. Maybe you had a run-in with your child's teacher yesterday and you want to kind of go through this scenario. Ask yourself, what worked from that situation, what didn't work, and what can I do differently next time? These are all just ideas for you to play with as you develop and explore and hone your journaling practice. Also, there's a link in the show notes. I am going to put in a whole bunch of journal prompts. I think there's like 40 something journal prompts in there. You could also go online and search journal prompts. I sometimes journal on the same thing for multiple days in a row. It's sort of the same principle of the things I like about me because if I'm journaling on on a certain subject, in the beginning, the thoughts come quickly. And after a second, third, fourth, even fifth day, there's new ideas. I've kind of cleared out the clutter, so to speak. Imagine a drain, you kind of clear out the clutter. And once you get going, the water flows and the ideas flow in. Now, here's a funny question I get. I get a lot. It's what do I do about the whole privacy issue? Because I live with people 
you know, your children and your husband, and I don't want them reading my journal. Well, I've got two things to say. First of all, you are an adult, so there is definitely some place in your home where you can keep this journal where no one will find it. Okay. And if you're worried about something catastrophic and tragic happening to you and, oh my gosh, what, I don't want anybody to find my journal. This is what you do. You text your best friend or you call her or you email her and you say, Hey, if something happens to me, I need you to come and get my journal and then promise me that you're going to burn it or do whatever. I'm not joking. I've had this conversation with people and that is where it's netted out. Now, if you're like me, I leave my journal on my desk in the kitchen. It's there. People walk by it 500 times a day. I can guarantee you no one in my family has ever opened up my journal because A, they can't read my writing. B, they're not interested in what's going on in my brain. They're just not interested in what's going on inside of me because most people are only focused on what's going on in their own life. So that I'm just going to leave that there. Now, I could go on clearly more, but I want to cut this down because we're coming up to the time limit. I want you to know that journaling is effective. It's available to you. It is so simple, easy. Yes. Once you get used to it. But remember, if you've never done this before, it takes time. It takes time to find the routine that works for you, but just try, just start. You've got absolutely nothing to lose and so, so, so much to gain. Journaling cultivates resilience and who doesn't need more of that? It helps you build trust in yourself. It helps you begin to distinguish what's going on in your brain from what your intuition says. It's honestly, it's one of the quickest ways to get to know yourself. It has a very low barrier to entry. You just need to journal. We all have journals in our house. If not, a piece of paper, anything. You don't need to go away for a week and do a silent retreat or anything like that. Just pick up your pen and start writing and get ready to discover and explore parts of you that you didn't even know existed. And that is what is so magical about this. And let me know what you find out. I love big aha moments, or even if they're little aha moments, and they're the beginning of you piecing together what you've long been looking for or what hasn't made sense, you can email me directly, hello at stacyv.com. Thanks so much for listening. If this was helpful, text this episode to your friend. And reviews are always appreciated. I know you know that. You can find me on Instagram at Stacey Vulak, S-T-A-C-E-Y-V-U-L-A-K-H, or email me directly. That's the best place to find me. Hello at StaceyV.com. Definitely grab the link for my weekly note in the show notes below. And remember, until next time, you're in charge. Where are you going next?